0: This is MindSpeak. Everything you thought you knew about health is about to be turned on its head. I'm Holly Higgins, a nutritional therapy practitioner, and I'm here to show you how your mind can heal your body, your body can heal your mind, and no matter what you've been told, you are in the driver's seat of your life. Let's go. Welcome back to the Get Your Ish Together series on MindSpeak, where we are talking about how getting your ish together in one area of your life can have a snowball effect and create a ripple effect and massive change in other areas of life and just create a beautiful upward spiral. And today we are talking about career wellness and how to love your job, because if you're spending a lot of time at your job whether that's 40 hours or 60 hours or 20 hours or however many hours it makes sense that you would want to feel good in those hours most of the time and i've brought on a very special guest today maida park she is a career coach and we are going to chat all about this i know you're going to love our conversation maida welcome to the show
1: thank you and thank you for inviting me i'm very excited
0: Yes, I'm excited to be here too. And I forgot to ask you before we started, did I pronounce your name right?
1: Yes, yes. I, I, I had a big smile because there are two ways of pronouncing my name and both are okay. Yours is my favorite way of saying it. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, good, good.
0: <laughs> yay, yay. I love it when I get that right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? I know you have a very interesting story, but tell us, who you are who you serve what you do
1: yes so thank you I um, well my name is Ma <laughs> and I'm a career and life coach um, and I don't do only career I do career in life because as I'm sure we will discuss later I don't think these two should be separate it's your career as part of your life and what you do in every day, is a big part of who you are and we will talk a lot about alignment about your values uh, about feeling good where you are uh, right now so my story is um i lived in three countries uh, i w- i i grew up in france in the middle east then back to france i worked in finance uh in in france of course in paris then in the uk in london then now in New York city, um, 16 years of investment banking. And then, uh, one day that, you know, that thing, life happens. I know so that life,
0: thing. I know that yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, maybe that's part of why I am also a coach today. It's because I would like people to tell them do things before that life happens and pushes you into where you should be going. Mm. So, my life happened in the form of an advanced cancer, an advanced lymphoma. Actually, I had two, two cancers at the same time. That, that was discover, They were discovered both at the same time. Um, but I didn't hear the message because I'm very stubborn and I'm not a quitter. Um, so I stayed uh, still waking up at 4 in the morning and going to bed, uh, finishing my work at 9 in the evening because I was working also with Asia. Um, and, um, I continued doing that throughout the treatment and a year and a half after the treatment, um, a big message came. Um, and I'm not talking anything woo-woo here, (laughs) very down to earth message. We
0: like both. We like down to earth (laughs) and woo-woo on MindSpeak, but what was the message?
1: So so that, that would be a bit of both then. Um, the message was, I got extremely stressed out at work it was one day that was so stressful it's maybe it was me it's mostly me very very stressed and i go home and i'm i'm i don't know i'm continuing my work you know on my phone and what have you and all of a sudden i hear something in my head says if you continue like this you're going to have a second one and the second one will not be as pleasant as the first one So mind you, the first one wasn't cancer, wasn't exactly super pleasant, but I navigated like a champ. I, yeah, all good, going with the flow, synchronicities. The first one was the example of the lesson coming to you in a perfect package. Mm. And then the choice happened at that time. Do I continue uh, as before or do I just think, okay, maybe it's about time to actually take that leap of faith and allow the universe and allow things to start unfolding for me. So the answer was obvious. And this is how I started my coaching, my training, certifications, hypnotherapy. You know very well the drill. So that was that.
0: Oh, my goodness. So so cancer showed up for you. You said it was lymphoma, right? Mm -hmm. And you continued to work through it for, did you say a year and a half? Is that how
1: long? Yeah, so the the chemotherapy was six six months, and I continued a year and a half after the six months. So basically, two years after the discovery of the diagnosis of the lymphoma, I was still working from four in the morning to nine in the evening. This is how stubborn or oh, fearful I was. Yeah,
0: stubborn and fearful. Same thing. I love that you said that. And can I ask you this? This is a very personal question, but you you said you know after that year and a half you heard the message do you think that cancer showed up initially with a message for you that yes. you weren't hearing and what do you think the message was
1: was it's about time to trust it's about mm-hmm. time to have faith and trust that there is something else for you cancer showed up at exactly the time where i was very very stuck at work i was stuck because my job was Everything that is outside my comfort zone. So there is, you know, the yeah, coaching growth happens outside the comfort zone. But when you are perpetually outside your comfort zone, uh, it's sadistic. <laughs> it's it's not it's it's self-inflicted trauma. Um, and for me, it was always, always, always. Um, it was going to work with this huge knot in my knot in my stomach. It was breathing eating my work 24/7 no holidays no weekends completely obsessed with any email that was coming um having to jump on calls on 24th of december at 8 p.m. it was it was crazy so cancer came at that point where i had been having a lot of thoughts about i really need to leave but i'm scared i'm scared because I don't know anything else. That's what I have been doing. I don't know what to do. I don't want to go into another place. It's going to be the same. Um, and I'm scared because, you know, I had a nice paycheck. When you work on Wall Street, not everybody, but I was in the middle. So I didn't have the huge paychecks. But my paycheck was really very decent. And it's very scary to to give that up for, um, <laughs> for the void.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, so when cancer came um, I took it as an annoyance for me it was annoying it was something that was not not going to allow me to continue working like before so I was very mad at cancer for hey how am I going to work now and I'm going to lose the hair and I will need a wig and um, and then probably two or three weeks after the, the initial diagnosis there were so many synchronicities that happened. I mean, when I, when I tell people the amount of things that happened between that and when I started the chemotherapy, they they think I'm I'm creating this or I'm, I'm inventing this, but it's not. Um, that I I met wonderful doctors that I met from friends, from my boss. Um, the final doctor that I met. Um, so, I'm, I'm of Syrian descent, and this doctor, who was the head of the biggest hospital, the, biggest, um, the hospital here in New York City, specialized in lymphomas, he's the, the worldwide specialized guy. Um, I didn't have any special treatment. I just, he said, Well, yes, I have a seat for you today. We'd come and let's, let's talk. And I discovered that this guy is actually Syrian that he went to the school that was founded by, by my great grandfather, that he is a French speaker, that he and my husband when we used to go my, my lovely husband was was with me all the time. When we used to go for treatments, they had exactly the same kind of musical tastes and food tastes. It was it was crazy. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's uncanny. <the>
0: <laughs> it is. You know, I've, um, I find myself saying things like that a lot too whenever synchronicities happen to me, which they happen constantly. Like, that's crazy. And I've started saying instead, that's my new normal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because when you open yourself up to going with the flow and trusting the universe, you'll find that those quote unquote crazy things happen all the time. But that really is pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> I have that, to that, agree. Yes. And that, that was the universe telling me, don't worry. Don't worry. It, it's, it might be painful, but with you more or less, I knew that it's, it, 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 it's necessary because otherwise you will not understand it. And the universal was right because I continued, I went as soon as the chemotherapy ended, I came back to my old ways. And to this point today, my point of reference is that time. Anytime I go into wanting to controlling outcomes, to push, to be attached to a result, I go back to that time in my life where I say, well, that was for my body, that was life and death for my mind was, it's an annoyance. But for me as a whole, it was a time of flow. It's, I cannot control what's going to happen. Anything I can do is show up. That's about it. And it worked.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. You, You said something very profound a minute ago. You said, when cancer showed up for me, it was an annoyance. And, you know, I'm uh, I'm both a health coach, nutritionist, and I do hypnotherapy. And I've had a lot of, quote unquote, annoying health problems of my own. And, and what I've come to realize is anytime our body is out of balance and we have symptoms or diseases or diagnoses, our body is always, always, always trying to talk to us. But before we really figure that out, it is, it's just an annoyance. It's like, why are you here? Now I can't now I can't push through this really grinding life. And it's like, well, that's the point. I want you to stop pushing.
1: <laughs> it's exactly that. And I'm going to also to, to, to touch base on nutrition because before that, I was someone who was very much attached to my label as a vegan. It was uh, very important for me to be vegan because animals, because health, because a lot of explanations. The first, so the first chemo, before the first chemotherapy treatment, the doctor told me, Now I have a blood cancer, uh, and now your blood needs iron, so you need to eat red meat. And I said, NFW. I said the whole word. (laughs) Yes,
0: (laughs) no flipping way, but flipping with something else. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Uh, And he's like, No, we had, we went into almost a fight, and he said, Okay, have it your way. Let's see what happens. You, you, you do whatever you want. You sleep that first night and it was kind of unpleasant because you don't know what's going to happen. And then you, you build strategies around what you know is going to happen. Um, I don't sleep the whole night. I wake up in the morning, not feeling exactly super well, but you're pumped on steroids so that you can continue, you know, having a quote unquote normal life um and i called my my husband goes to work and i called him and i said listen i don't know what you're doing right now but i really really need you to go to to the supermarket right now and buy me as many uh as much dark meat as you can find as much uh you know milk chocolate and for two years that was the only thing that i was craving so your body knows not mm. your head your body knows now i don't eat as much um and I do eat a bit because that's how my body feels supported. Um, but point is, your body is communicating with the brain all the time, but hey, we're stubborn. right? We, we, we don't listen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you probably um, repleted your iron stores by, by really focusing on that for a couple of years. And so your body's intuitively telling you, yeah, I still need iron. I don't need as much iron. And me personally, like I used to have per- pernicious anemia and um, I still have to eat a lot of red meat because it's just my constitution. It's what my body craves. If I don't eat a lot of red meat, I don't feel well. Um, and, and so it really goes back to listening listening to our heads, but more tuning in and listening to our bodies more so because the body will always speak for us.
1: Yes. And it's there to support us. Uh, it's if, if we don't take care of the body, we have nothing to take care for and nothing is going to take care for us because when the body starts breaking down you can go back to health but it's it's as an extra layer of annoyance <laughs> of efforts of of things that you don't need to go there we we are we are lucky we we live in countries where we have plenty of foods where the food i know there's a lot of things going on with you know big pharma and and, and not honoring the land, but there are still a lot of uh, places where you can find decent food. You don't have to pay a lot of money for it. You have to be just conscious of nurturing and nourishing your body, nurturing and nourishing your thoughts because now there's the gut connection as well. And once you are in that place of um, alignment, of balance in your body, then a lot of other things are going to come back to balance because you think more clearly because you are freed as well from this need to survival. Um, And I I talk a lot about survival because um, money and career also are survival issues. are not, that's why we don't leave our jobs. That's why we have so many scarcity mindset going on. Even people, I have people who, who I I meet people who earn money that, you know, that is really very decent. They don't need all this money in the bank. They can, they can live for a long time without working and not depleting their resources. But still for them, Paying a coach, for example, it's, and I'm not, I'm, I'm totally within range, <laughs> um, but for them, it's like, well, no, I don't know, maybe it's not the right moment. Well, yeah, obviously it's not the right moment because you're finding an excuse for it not to be the right moment. Um, but we need, the we need, it's a big word, but... As soon as we start getting more and more conscious how we operate from a place of survival and not for a place of thriving, then we start making choices and we don't see, feel victims in a way of circumstances, of environments, of politics. We go to a place of stillness in a way of feeling more centered. And this is where we all want to be at some point, or at least knowing what it looked like so that whenever we we start swinging right or left from it, we go back. Like, okay, this is where I want to be.
0: Yes, it's that concept of finding your center, which we've actually talked about on the show. It's not that we always have to be perfect and and have perfect wellness practices and everything's perfect and in alignment, but finding that center so that you know where you fall off track and I, and I love what you said about scarcity it goes back to maslow's hierarchy of needs because when you're talking about career and money like money is at the very bottom of that hierarchy it's it's about survival and about paying your bills and getting your basic needs met and when we don't have that pillar in place when we don't feel safe or secure or even if we are safe and secure and we operate in scarcity mindset boy that's something that i've had to work through a lot you know a number in your bank account or your savings account isn't going to make you feel safe. Like it can help, but, you know, I have plenty of examples of having a lot of money in the savings account and still not feeling safe. So, so it's, it's about doing the inner work because feeling safe is inner work.
1: It's, it's only that with a nuance, obviously because not everybody can say I have enough in the bank to feel safe. But it's also a very important realization because you need to confront your finances. You you cannot be in denial with your finances. Not much more that I was in denial with my body issues because I waited a long time before going to see a doctor. So that's how I I, I was for stage four. (laughs) Um, And I think with, with finances and with your career and with what's going on with yourself, it's about... They getting the awareness of it um, there it's scary it's horrible when you haven't looked at your bank account for a long time and somebody like you when when we start you know a discussion or start working and i ask the first question do you know how much you have in your bank account and the person looks at me and says i have no idea and i am about <laughs> okay okay so uh what is stopping you <laughs> um, the same thing everything in neuroscience when you think about it we we create pathways we create strategies so the way you do one thing is what you're going to do in other areas of your life this is what you said in the introduction right you get your ish together because <laughs> if you if you start getting better in your body Then you want to honor this body. How can I honor my body? Well, by having relationships that support, I have the food, but having relationships that honor me, by having a work that also expresses my potential, expresses my needs, expresses my my, my wants as well. So it's the same thing with everything. When we start ignoring one area of our life, because it's painful to look at, because better the devil you know, because we're in survival, then this is where these big messages at some point are going to come. And it's yes. certainly not very pleasant to be on the receiving end.
0: Not at all. And, you know, we don't have to hit rock bottom. You know, we we can find these messages and we can pay attention to them and we can, we can work through what we need to hear before we ever hit rock bottom. But I, I love what you were just saying, which is... Um, how you do one thing is how you do everything (laughs) that shows up, that shows up a lot. And, And patterns that we have in one area of our life will show up in other areas of our life. And I was wondering, can we talk a little bit about the difference between alignment and I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. So, so you were saying that when you were in finance, it had gotten to this point where it wasn't just, um, oh, you, ne- you need to suck it up and you need to do the hard things. Like it was truly misaligned. How does someone tell the difference between, you know, there's some hard things in my job that I kind of don't like and this job is just plain old bad fit, like not aligned with my personality and who I am. Where's the line there?
1: Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a very good question because it's very hard when you are in it. Uh, to distinguish between the times where just frustrated because it was a bad day, and all of a sudden your brain wants only to see all the bad things. And when it's generally every day is like going to the mine, because hopefully we're not, there are still people working in mines, but hopefully. As a civilization, we're going to kind of pull out of all this. And and all of us have more and more purposeful uh, careers and purposeful work. Uh, There there is a huge difference. The difference is when you get into this awareness of, number one, what is your vision? Where do you see yourself in a year, in two years? And is what you're doing right now aligned with that vision, i.e. what's in it for you? Are you learning new things? Um, are you um, advancing somehow? Is there, is there something that is helping you stay in this job? So it could be, for example, a good paycheck, but it cannot be only that. So the paycheck is because I want to, you know, I have a client, her paycheck is because she, she wants to do charity work and she doesn't have time to do it physically. So she contributes and this, this gives meaning to her work. Mm. The completely out of alignment is when you go every day to work with this huge kind of nod in the stomach you're like feeling sick to your stomach and you go there and every day you are you do things that you do well but you're not happy with but you don't see why you're doing this when you are you are misaligned from where what is the most important thing for me in life so, this is where values. Knowing your own values is so important as well, because most of the misalignment, the real misalignment, is misalignments away from your core values. So I can give you an example.
0: I would love that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> my core values are, for me personally, they are, um, I, integrity, authenticity. That's the first one. But you know, they change ranking, but it's more or less uh, the same. I want connections i want beauty control um order um and and the third or the fourth one is learning and growing and open-mindedness and novelty so in the job where i was i was within my integrity because i was shouting all the time (laughs) (laughs) were not okay for me so there were, there were times where I was required to do things and not illegal, but not something that I really felt proud of myself or that I felt that I was infringing on somebody else's boundaries and what have you. Because there is a lot of that at work, right? You're constantly pushing and pushing. Um, so that was the first misalignment for me. I love connections. I had a lot of connections and I'm still friends with a lot of my older colleagues. the connection at work was 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 what was really keeping me there as for beauty (laughs) and order it wasn't absolutely there was nothing there and learning i was i was continuing to do the same things on and on and on and it was just the same problem coming disguised under a new package um and i'm an introvert and my job i was at the center of working with a lot of different teams and some of them, you know, clients and clients and finance, they have requirements and people shouting and people not happy with this. And it was, oh, I was always very, very dispersed. And this is how your body breaks down when you, you don't know where, what you're doing, you just staying there because there is nowhere else to do. So you're cornered basically, you're, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. And this is where you go into victim. Because I wasn't a victim. It was a choice. I just didn't know that it was a choice I was making.
0: Yeah, sometimes it we feel so stuck, we don't even recognize that we have a choice. And so what you're saying is that this burnout comes from working a job that's misaligned with our values. I've had people say to me before, and of course I help them with this, but for our listeners of the show, if someone's listening and thinking, values. How do I even figure out what my values are? Like what, what are values? What would you say to them? Helping someone figure out their values. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So of course there are exercises, but outside of from that, the, the, the most important thing is when you do something, have you ever in the past done something that you felt very iffy about? What was that made you feel iffy about it? Now, Mm. take the exact opposite. What was the last time you did something that you felt very proud of? Why were you proud of that? What was the environment? What are the things that you do every day in your life that make you feel happy or content or joyful? And what do you get out of it? So this is how, for example, I learned that I like learning because I, I need that. Like I I cannot stay there and not do a new course. It's not an escape. It's because I I need this open-mindedness. I need to go outside my confirmation bias. I need to to hear from people who are on Wall Street and earn a lot of money on why they don't want to pay taxes. And I need to learn as well on other people why they think other people should be paying taxes too. It's two very dissonant kind of... um, points of view, but, it's, but both are legit. And I think that this, this is also part of, of your values, is um, how do I connect with others? Do I connect from a place, from the heart, from a place of curiosity, from a place of playfulness, or from a place of organizing and strategizing? And, and this is also, these are also how you can discover your values.
0: Hmm. Those are great questions, and the way you were describing it, I was thinking about tuning into the compass of the body and moving toward what feels good, because that's that's how we move toward health and well-being. And culturally, I think the the narrative can often be very different. Of like, well, you, well, you should do what's hard, and you should grind it out, and you should work hard, and um you know, life should be hard because then you earn it. That's a very old, very, you know, American patriarchal story. What, what do you think of that idea, Maida, that work should be hard and we're not supposed to enjoy our jobs because a a job is work. What do you think of that old story?
1: Uh, That's, that's my story. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, I grew up, so I grew up in the Middle East. Um, where in syria so my parents were not syrians it's a, it's a complicated story of you know survival because a lot of things happen in the middle east unfortunately uh, but i grew up uh with the idea that at some point my parents had to leave syria with with leaving everything and this is exactly what happened to them so they left syria literally we, they had to leave everything we left um during the night we took a plane to france to never come back um, so and then i saw them they were in their 30s and they had to kind of rebuild everything and when you being a, a immigrant an immigrant is never easy um, and these circumstances are are not have, uh, helping either so i saw my my parents building wealth losing losing everything hard work losing everything so in my narrative and in the way in my upbringing um no pain no gain end of story Uh, yeah (laughs) so my whole work right now on myself you know what i heal in myself is what i'm called to heal on others so i i i spend a lot of time on this one as well is what is work if you equate work with pain, it's going to be painful. But going back to values, what if learning is work? Because you, you know, when you learn something new, you're going to feel a lot of discomfort, right? Nobody wants to start over. But what is this? Is where the joy happens. This is where like wow I, I recently took a course in math i haven't done math for a long time and one day i woke up and like I, I cannot i don't remember how you do integrative uh, integrations i don't know how you call that English. like oh so let me take a course on that and this is this is how you realize that there is joy in the work that you do that your joy could be connecting with other people that is how you go to work and. Maybe, listen, I'm, how is there an example? Because I I can blab for a long time about that. (laughs) Here's a very, very simple example. And I'm sorry, I'm going to bring back cancer again. But again, that was my, like, post
0: Oh, don't apologize. It's been such an integral part of your story and and your transformation. Well, thank
1: you. So here is, so at some point before you do, um, you do chemotherapy, because chemotherapy is, can can kill you basically. I mean, it's very simple. Uh, people who, who give you chemotherapy come and dressed in suits and like, like astronaut suits, because if the chemo gets on your skin, they need a graft. So this is how, you know, erosive it is, but anyhow, so you do a lot of tests. And one of the tests that I had to do and failed was a test of breathing. I didn't have any lung capacity anymore because there was a lot of things happening over there. And I was there, and I was getting very frustrated. And the, the, the person, the nurse who was giving that to me, the technician, he was a guy, um, saying, okay, let's, let's relax, and because I was in the box, and it felt very, yeah, uh, claustrophobic. Um, and then at some point, I looked at him and I said, "This, you must be so sad coming to work every day, and you see all these sick people. Does it, how, how do you cope with that? And he looked at me and he said, I don't agree with you. I come here every day, and I see people getting better every day. Mm. And all of a sudden in my head, like, yes, this is, this is how work is not hard, how work is not painful. When you decide to see in your work what's in it for you, what uh, was in it for him was this kind of caretaker that he had inside of him that felt the satisfaction of helping other people if you're a banker maybe your satisfaction is also to help other people or to help companies raise money because we all need money including companies maybe sometimes is to go and discuss with a colleague who is not feeling well and you give that person a helping hand this is how you get out of workers hard work is painful you get out of the fixed growth mentality To a personal growth, to an open growth, to just going to that place where you don't really care so much of the results, but you do care of what you are building for yourself day after day. It's like you're building blocks as a human being.
0: Yes, that's such a beautiful um, example, and that leads me into my next question. It's the perfect segue, which is if somebody is at a position where they feel very, very stuck and they feel maybe they feel trapped there because of their paycheck or trapped there because I live in a small town and there's no other opportunities or you know, people can feel trapped in, in jobs for lots of reasons. If somebody feels trapped and they really feel like there's no way out, there's nowhere for me to go, what, what are some small little shifts or suggestions that you can offer? Because I don't think any of us are ever truly stuck. Yes. What do you, what, what do you say when people say things like that to you? I'm just
1: stuck. Yes. I say, <laughs> I say two things. First thing first is what is keeping you in this place? And again, it's about empowering yourself to understand that you are making a choice. Maybe it's the money. Maybe you feel it's not a choice, but it's still a choice. You know why you're staying there. So you honor why you're staying there. You don't beat yourself up that at this age you should be here or this whatever. You know why you're there. The second question, or more than that, the second way as well is to find joys in wherever you are or to create them so for a lot of people they are so stuck in where they are that they don't enjoy their lives anymore so it spills all over in your personal life in your friendships your weight or in and out your finances it's everything gets affected so go back to your center how can you make your life more joyful it could be you can find allies at work you can find people you can can confide in you can take new trainings if you need to stay where you are, there are ways to make your life a tad better at the job and then detach from all of this when you are outside the job. And then the third thing is to take control again of your career and not see yourself just like, you know, one piece on that, on that big playing board that is life. What I, what I mean by that is start imagining where you want to be in three years, in two years, in one year. Let's say in one year, you know that you would like to be in a different industry or you would like to work for yourself, whatever it is, and then work backwards. What needs to happen in six months for this to happen in a year? What needs to happen in a month, etc. And what is the first step you can take right here, right now to make it better? At the end of the day, maybe what you think is meant to happen in a year might not happen, But in the meantime, you are in your body, you're back into the action, you're back into taking decisions. And when we take decisions, we are in control. Not of the outcome, but of our mind and of what I do. This is how you start opening doors, opening opportunities, and guess what? Synchronicities will start to happen for you. That's how you get yourself, can get yourself unstuck.
0: Yes. Yes, those synchronicities will happen. I had a coach um, several years ago when I was trapped in corporate America doing something that felt very misaligned to me. and, And I knew where I wanted to go, but it felt so far away. And she said to me, and I say this to my clients all the time now, she said, okay, you can't leave your job, but you need to focus on what is good and what's working at your job. And that simple little mind shift this job that I hated, I started focusing on, okay, what's good and what's working. Okay. I can wear jeans to work. I don't hate my boss. Like I looked for any like tiny little thing that I could. And I started focusing on those things. And then my experience of that job completely changed only because I was choosing to focus on the teeny tiny things that I actually enjoyed my experience of that job completely shifted. And then by the time I quit, I kind of liked the job. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's better to leave the door, to leave with an open door that you can close and gentle- with gentleness rather than slamming it, uh, not burning bridges. These are allies that you're going to have in your network for a very long time. And you might get a job from them or you might just get friendships. But you know what? Both, both are good. Uh, but to go back to your point, um, what we always forget as human beings is that our brains are wired to notice what is not going well. This is this is survival. Yes, so, <laughs> you can have ninety nine good things happening to you during the day, and one conversation with one person, and this conversation stays in your head for days and days and days and days. And this is where you go into mindfulness or awareness, and you just like. Is that really helpful for me to carry this conversation? Do I need to do something? Do I need to apologize or do I feel like the person breached my boundaries or was disrespectful? What can I do? Nothing? Then I need to let to drop it. And this is where we go into more woo, you know the attitude of gratitude, which every time my coach told me that when I was working, I'm like, "My life sucks right <laughs> that) <laughs>
0: I've got a funny story around that too, but you go
1: ahead. (laughs) I need to hear that. Um, so, so she looked at me and she said, okay, what other word can you, can you find? And I started saying, well, appreciate, I appreciate the pace because very fast paced and I like the kind of usefulness I appreciate this. And from there, I don't talk about gratitude anymore and the same with my clients because they are like, they're like, okay, Let's talk about appreciation. What do you appreciate in your day? What makes you smile? What makes you all of a sudden not angry anymore? And just every night before going to bed, I have a little PDF that I created. Every day, I write three things in that PDF. And at the end of the month, I write three things. And guess what? I don't wake up feeling like the word has collapsed around me. I obviously pay attention to what I put in my brain, the news, the social media, anything that does not correspond to my values goes out. I get informed, but I don't need to know all the details. Um, and and things get to more stillness because all of a sudden when I start saying, Oh, you know what she said, husband comes from work, and I go, I like stop. And I say, You're right. Let's move on to something else. Because This is my brain trying to tell me that I'm not feeling safe, but in reality, I feel very safe. So thank you, brain, and thank you, God, or the universe, or whatever you want to call it. Any
0: term. Yeah, yeah, any term. I have a very similar story around gratitude and it was that that coach that had me on, had me focus on what's good and what's working was the same thing as focusing on gratitude but I was in such a place of like bitterness and snarkiness and like hating my life that if you would have told me to keep a gratitude journal I would have like thrown up the middle finger at you so I like appreciation I like what's good and what's working because for some reason gratitude carries that connotation for a lot of us of like gratitude you don't understand how horrible my life is. I don't have anything yes. to be grateful for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's also the generation thing. I, and, and I'm going to say, it's not... So I'm generation, which one? X? X, I guess. Um, so when I was young, you know, I my grandparents would be like, you know, you didn't know the war. Well, unfortunately, in the Middle East, every generation went through war. So that, that wasn't so relevant, but... You know, you go to France and then you have older people telling you, you know, you're not grateful. Why are you complaining? There was the war, blah, blah, blah. And we come now where we have people, my parents' generation or above, or even people from my generation as well, telling people who are probably five or six years younger than me, telling them, well, you don't understand. We went through a crisis. We went through recessions. and you know we we have to stop that (laughs) we we really have to stop that because that's what you said it's it's you have to be grateful it's like no i don't have to be grateful i want to be grateful and not because yes i i am more than grateful for people who give their lives to have me live in a country where i can basically say say the most idiotic thing, and i'm not getting shot or tortured or put in prison um but the appreciation I feel comes from a place of self respect almost and of honoring yourself gratitude carries a lot of weight
0: yeah yeah it language is so powerful and you know you talking about the weight that the word gratitude carries it does carry like growing up you hear that all the time you should be grateful you should be grateful so none of us are ever going to want to feel grateful but we can appreciate we can appreciate Ruh-roh, ran into some audio quality issues here. I had to clip part of the episode out, but that's okay. We pick back up talking about how you can make a difference and you can be your own kind of healer no matter what sort of career you're in. So that's the thread that we're picking back up in in this conversation. And then a few minutes after that, Maida and I start talking about human design. And I've I've dropped that little nugget a few times on the show, and I think I need to bring somebody on to actually do an episode on human design and what it is. But I will link up some resources for you in the show notes if you're curious to learn more about human design. It's quite a rabbit hole, but it can be very, very informative for you on your path. I know it certainly was for me. Here we go. We're picking up talking about having purpose in any job. You know, I sometimes I feel like when we get woke or we wake up, we think we have to go completely outside of the system and be rebels and be renegades, but we can be awake within a system you know we can we can be the light within a system or a corporation I, I, I always go back to something that Caroline mace I don't know if you're familiar with her oh, yes I love I love her work and uh, I listened to something that she it was like an audiobook that she did about healing and she said that healers are everywhere you know we think of healers as coaches or therapists or people in body work or spiritual teachers or whatever. But she says, you know, you can be a healer if you're a banker, you're helping somebody heal their finances.
1: Yeah. And, and the best example for me is my husband who is a banker and he is for me, the, um, when I see how I still react to certain things, he, he's as cool as a cucumber as they say, and um, he's, he's very, he, he sees his job as a job of mentoring, of teaching, of allowing other people to go to a place of stillness. He Talking about Carolyn Mess, he has a strong hermit archetype as well. Uh, um, we're both introverts. Um, so for him, a hermit is about learning as much as possible. It's about your personal growth. And it's about also transmitting this to the world as well um if you're familiar with human design this works as well with his profile he's a six two (laughs) so he's six six two and what's his type so he's a generator six okay um you have to be a generator to work in a bank because if you're not it's it's way overwhelming um so he he has a lot of and he doesn't know all of this so every so now every time i go and say you know that's because you're a six two and he says well yeah now it makes sense why you know I, saturn returned was for him and for for him especially was a huge event in his life why you know you you look at chiron as well from his point of view because again this is this is six two i'm a two four uh so we have the two <laughs>
0: And what type are you?
1: I'm a generator as well. Okay. Um, and the most interesting part, so I, I discovered human design, I think, six years ago. Oh, like you something.
0: were ahead of the curve. It's only recently, like, really taken off. Okay. Wow. Yes.
1: It was a lady who whose name was something Carrie, Karen something. And Karen
0: Curry. One. Karen Curry. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: She published a book, and that was the book that I wrote. Um that I read, more exactly, not word. Um, and what, the first time I did my profile, I had life. That's the one. Yeah, yes.
0: I just held it up in front of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: And um, the first time I, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. Why not? Um, so I, I, I put my my dates and what have you, and then life purpose across was uh, the vessel of love. And I look at this, like, this is so bullshit. This cannot be. How can I be a fat love <laughs> <mom>? Come on. <laughs> and then you go online. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, so I need to love my body. Yeah, that's my life lesson. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I discovered human design a couple of years ago. I'm a, uh, I believe I'm a 4'6 splenic manifester.
1: Wow. Wow. I love manifestors. Because oh. my, my coaches are manifestors. Um, and I find very interesting the interaction because my coach creates a lot of things in her head and she informs me. And sometimes like, wait a second. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, my job is to inform you. She's a human designer. As well. She coaches, she is business coach and uses human design. That's, that's one of the big things why I, I really like working with her. Um, but as a generator, she likes that she gives me like 20 things. I end up doing 10 out of twenty, but I still get the 10 done and I'm feeling very proud of myself um, so yes i I, I like uh, I like that you have the six too so that that is that is a very very interesting so for six you have the opportunist throw model
0: yes, yes yeah and it sounds like you know a bit more about human design than I do i I like dip my toe into the water and I, I found out some of the big core things like learning I was a manifester made so much sense because I'm very re- rebellious. I don't like to be controlled. I like to do my own thing. Like, um, so, so learning all about that was very affirming, but I feel like with human design, you can go down a really deep rabbit hole. Like there's so many nuances to it.
1: Yes. And it never ends. So you have to put an end on it. Otherwise you're, you're, you're staying there. Yes. Um, but it, the thing about the force, since I know that very well, is that um, everything comes from friendships for you. Mm. Um, and you will see, probably you might see it in your job as well, because that's how I see it as well, is that you, you as a manifester, you put out there your message, but people come back to you via friendships. They come back to you via referrals. They come back to you because somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody and certainly for me this is how every single job i had in my life and a big part of my clients come to me as well they they don't they come from a friendship uh, a connection that i have built with someone so i I like i like that part of it 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 also takes a lot of pressure off me of you know wanting to be out there and pushing no
0: yeah Yeah. And I think human design can really, really inform anything around career because I can now see what I'm doing now, which is very multifaceted, but also like what I'm doing now is very, very independent. And like, I make the rules and I do what I want. Like, it's such a good fit for me. And I see the old roles that I used to have and and how I was so stuck. Like I was working against my design. Mm
1: -hmm. You were, you were not aligned. We're going back to that. We're not aligned with, with your core, your core soul qualities, mm-hmm. and Human Design is part of them. It's 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 part of a thousand. So because I'm a two four, I like systems. So I spend my time doing Briggs Myers and blah blah blah, and then I discover the same thing and on and on. Like yeah, but so we need as well at some point to break away from all of this to use it as a guideline the same way you would use ayurveda as a guideline it's not it's not a diet because you know diet don't diet never work um but you you are more aligned with your constitution you you are more aligned with the season so if i don't know, i'm vata so if you're if you're vata and you and i start eating crackers right now i'm going to freeze to death which I, i freeze to death a lot um but this is, this is also again know thyself first so that you know when you are not aligned and you know also and this is where you use coaching or self help books and there, there there is a ton of information on the internet you find the the strategies that work best for you to get you from that place of misalignment back into you know this little in between <laughs> the flip flopping in between but around the center not big oscillations but the smallest possible
0: yes yes and and you just touched on something which is use these tools to inform you whether that's human design or ayurveda or astrology or gretchen rubin's personality test or myers-briggs i see some people attaching to these tools especially human design actually like a religion like well i'm a generator and so i can't do that because that's not my human design or or gretchen rubin said i'm an obliger and so i have to have accountability and it's like use that stuff to inform you but don't let it be like your god
1: yes it's it's an explanation mm-hmm. so an explanation can be an excuse as well you choose mm. <laughs> yeah. if you want if you want if you think you're a projector and nobody gave you an invitation yet you feel inside of you that you want to take this action in the name of whatever, just do it. <laughs> yes. Right? What is? What are you risking? You're not risking your life. You're not. You get to no, know. You get a door. It's fine. But at least you have you have learned a new strategies. You have a new piece of data in that big center that is your brain, so that you knows you know what doesn't work, for example, or how to do it differently. I I think it's it's about using every everything you have as a learning experience. Everything, because everything is a teacher. The universe doesn't punish you. Uh, even your parents, when they were punishing you, it wasn't a punishment. It was their way to teach you something. But at that time, we thought, you know, no pain, no gain. Again, yeah. so we had to be punished. You had to, or be rewarded with dessert or whatever. Um, but today, we need to learn that nothing is punishing us, and nothing is rewarding us. The satisfaction. The contentment, the fulfillment—they all come from the inside. It comes f- when you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, "Okay, I—I am satisfied today. I—I'm a generator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. I—I am exhausted. When when I when I did a lot of work during the day, and I'm very satisfied when I have the sense of achievement. I—I I just look at at myself and I say, "Okay, I had a good day today." I solved things. I, solved, I have a lot of uh, puzzler archetype for, from Carolyn I have that, too. So I, I need to see, to see things coming together. And I, and I like to see the big picture. And I like to see the synchronicities and then take a step back. It's like, wow, I, I never thought that quitting my job and starting the Integrative Nutrition Institute will get me where I am today. I I just did it because I had nothing else to do, basically. Right.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you would have told, so if you would have told me in my corporate job, I was going to be a nutritionist, you know, like way back in the day, that would have been hilarious. But now I'm a hypnotherapist. That's like, I never would have believed that. And it was just putting one foot right after the other and like just trusting where life was going to take me. And who, who knows where I'll be in 10 years? Probably somewhere real, real weird. <laughs> and I'll I love,
1: love it. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say it's, I, my, if I have one thing to say, and that's from my personal express, uh, experience, every single time, and I swear, every single time I pushed to get an answer via email, to have something done, to call an insurance company and push and push and push, whatever it is, or to push for a job. Every single time, number one, it never worked. Number two, I feel depleted, I feel frustrated, I feel upset, I'm mad, it doesn't feel good. But every time I go in the flow of things, every time I say to myself, well why don't i just send this message today on social media to this person she's coming to my mind just to see how she is and i just do and i detach from the outcome and i continue and all of a sudden there are things that are not related to this action that will come that would have never come to me had i continued pushing and depleting myself and and when you deplete yourself your body cannot take on more so you set yourself up for failure <laughs> in a way or for not getting because there's no place to get anything you're depleted you cannot handle more energy mm-hmm. so for energy for people who believe in energies and believe that everything is energy as well see that as well from an energetic point of view you push so you project energy in a very forceful way you are void of energy inside. You're not getting anything back from it. You're not replenishing your your energetic centers. So it's a lose-lose for everybody. People feel that you are infringing their boundaries, and you feel that, you know, why am I doing this again? When you go from a place of flow, the energy is coming from the inspiration, the downloads, whatever you want to call it. So you are fed an energy that is circulating again, Because there's an action that is following these kind of inspirations that you're having. Mm. And you go into the flow of life. And when we are in the flow of life, you know what happens. Miracles.
0: Absolutely. So instead of pushing, ask what's pulling you toward it and then go toward that.
1: Exactly. And for you, you're a manifester. So you're not pushing, you're informing. Mm. It's very different. You You just put out there what you think or what you feel is is important for you. But you detach, right? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't wait for people to respond. You're informed, your job is done. Now, you know, I continue. Um, for for people who are on the other side of the spectrum, who are let's say projectors, maybe that's their invitation. Mm. Or maybe for a generator or manifesting generator, this is when they start thinking, gee, does it feel good? Or or really it's not for me. And then they choose. So we're, we're, we're permanently working together as a big ensemble. Um, it's really when, when one of the pieces stopped, stops working because it's stuck, that the whole system stops working or feels, you know, very, very difficult and needs greasing and oiling and what have you. So when <laughs> we change a piece, when we change ourselves, then we get back into the flow as well. And, and we feel more connected and we attract to us people who don't come to us from a place of neediness, but a place of empowerment because they want something. They want to do something for themselves that they don't, they need, they feel the need, but they don't need you to do that. They want you to help them. And it's a very different perspective, very different.
0: Yes, yes. It has been such a wonderful conversation today. I have loved having you on the show, and Maida. If somebody wants to connect with you, tell us where we can find you, what you've got going on, all that good stuff.
1: Uh, first, thank you because I, you know, I have goosebumps all over. Uh, it was very, very, very nice conversation, and it was so lovely to get to know you better. Um, you're such a such a beautiful. So yeah you're absolutely um you you live your purpose on, on earth and this shows oh thank you
0: <laughs> i'm gonna reflect that back to you too i feel i feel thank a you. good connection with you yeah
1: thank you um as to where to find me so there's my website com i'm on instagram mydapoc i am on facebook Coaching and i'm on linkedin mydapoc i have um several free resources um that i put to whoever wants it and contacts me for that so i mentioned um my you know that free uh, free appreciation calendar that i put in place so it's a, it's a very small it's it's just a monthly basically calendar um, so anyone who is uh, who feels that it's it's about time for them to get reminded you print it you put it on your desk and every day. Three things every day on the calendar, most days, and see what happens at the end of the first month and three months. So that's fun. I also have a checklist uh, to get your serenity at work back for every day. And it's more—it's not no no big things, but it's more about um, checking in with you regularly and taking deep breaths and just go and talk to someone when things are not going super well, just to detach you from from the environment. Um and also I do regularly um I don't know if I call that um, master classes or round t- I call them round tables because it takes away the pressure of a master class. It's the same <laughs> word.
0: Master and master class. It's very I, know. I agree.
1: <laughs> but like round table. I want people to participate. I don't want to be <laughs> the responsible for the whole thing. Um, so I, I I did one uh this week which was um, uh, why women don't get promoted, basically. And and I'm going to do regularly this uh, over the next year. So if anybody is interested to be made aware of what's going on, please, they can contact you, or they can contact me. All works.
0: Absolutely. And we'll link all of that up in the show notes so people can come find you, Maida, and I know they're going to want to. So thank you once again for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure.
1: The pleasure was really, really mine. And thank you again.
0: That's it for this week. Be sure to check out everything Maida has to offer. We will link up all of her contact info in the show notes. And until next week, go believe in you. I do.